0: this is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Take your Bibles to Matthew 22, verse 23. My plan is to finish here by 8.45, and then... (laughs) Sandy, I appreciate the faith. Thank you so much. Matthew 22, verse 23 through 40. The same day the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married. Who even thinks of this stuff? I'll tell you, the religious think this way. But anyways, let me keep going. And having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third even to the seventh. You can, this is like calculus. <laughs> Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? I mean, really? Gosh. For they all had her. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Now, if you're going to stumble in your revelation of the Lord, it's typically in those two areas, the Scriptures and the power of God. You might know the text and not know the, the person and power of the Spirit, or you might, have, you might be full of Shaka Babas, but you don't even know John 3.16. Both are a problem. Trust me, both are a problem. You are mistaken, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God, for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read which was spoken to you by God, saying... I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Aren't you happy he's a God of covenant? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Say, thank you, Jesus. But when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Well, yeah, compared to their combo. I mean, Jesus is amazing, but can you imagine hearing what they wanted to talk about and then what Jesus just laid down, light years apart, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. <laughs> Since he checked their enemies, then they gathered together and started talking to Jesus again. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, not a good idea, to test the word himself. Teacher, which is the great commandment and the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. By the way, Mark adds strength. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, which is basically the most simple uh, description of the Great Commission, by the way, is to love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. The religious wanted to discuss revelation and supposed deep conversation. And Jesus brought it back to love. This is the first and great commandment. Now here's a question for you. Why is it the first and great commandment? Why is loving the Lord with every fiber in our being, by the way, if we love him with heart, soul, mind, and strength, that is the entirety of the human being. So here we have Jesus himself saying, commandment number one, the first and great commandment is to be radically in love with your bridegroom. Why is it number one? Are you ready? It's because that's what he wants most. Say this out loud. Close your eyes. Say, Jesus, you want my love. Wow. I want you to write this down. Beneath every command in the word of God is a revelation of the heart of God. Beneath every command in the word of God is a revelation of the heart of God. So God is not a robot. God is not telling us that the first and great command is to love him with all we are, just to do it. It's actually the Lord saying, I want your love more than anything in your life. Are you with me tonight? Do y'all have too much chocolate? All right. A little insulin spike? What's going on? Y'all here? All right. Because I'm talking to you about the most important thing in the entire universe. Loving Jesus. There's nothing more important. There is no crusade that can make up for it if you don't love him. You can't get enough people saved to make up for your lack of love. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can give God that would please him if you just decide to keep your love back. It's not checks and balance system. One time we were sitting with a family member, I said you need to give your life to Jesus. He goes, "Well, look." He goes, "Should I stop sleeping with chicks?" I go, "Yeah, you should." He goes, "Okay, well how about if I keep sleeping with chicks and just stop smoking and drinking?" I go, "Bro, this is not like a checks. You don't that's not how this thing works." Okay, you're either married to Jesus or you're not. That's what it is. You either love him or you don't. You're either all in or you're all out, according to Jesus. Lukewarm causes him to vomit. He doesn't pet it. He vomits it out. He doesn't cope with it. He he doesn't understand it. And the reason he doesn't understand it is because if you look at that cross, you realize he gave all to you. Perhaps nothing is more frustrating in a marriage than for one person to give all of their love and for the other to hold it back. Love is not a feeling, though you can feel it. Love is a choice, and at the end of the day, love is to draw near. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son. God's love has been proven through the life of Jesus. No other, listen, nobody has proven their love like Jesus has proven His love. No one. The next time somebody says, how do I know God loves me? You take them straight back to the life of Jesus and it is absolutely undeniable. My Lord... God Himself chose to need a nap on the bow of a boat, let alone the cross of Calvary. When Jesus said, I thirst, He actually meant it. Love, we're talking about the one who neither slumbers nor sleeps, all of a sudden became limited to a human body. Unbelievable. His love is proven. So it is the first and great command because it's what God wants most. His heart is always revealed through the Scriptures. Are you with me? Okay, now check this out. If it's the first and great command, that means God has priorities. Or it wouldn't be the first. Wouldn't it be a shame to give our life to the 11th great command and miss the first And the reason we know God has priorities is because He has a personality which makes Him a person. That's why it's always shocked me why the church cannot figure out that certain sins are worse than others. It is basic theology. If I shot you in the face with a 12-gauge, God would deal with me differently than if I stubbed your toe by accident with my shoe and didn't say sorry. But for some reason, all this is confusing. And I'll tell you how this happens when relationship leaves. When love leaves, you can't even think straight. Say, Jesus wants my love. Isaiah 54, 5, listen to this. For your maker is your husband. Are you hearing that? For your maker is your husband, and if you want to know your husband's name, the Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Who's the Redeemer? Jesus. He is called the God of the whole earth. Your maker is married to you. Jesus himself. In John 21, 15 through 19, there Jesus is restoring Peter On the seashore of Galilee. Jesse and I have been there. It's probably our favorite place to go. And we're going to take a Jesus image tour to Israel. You'll love it. You'll love it. Don't bother me. I'll be eating falafel. Find someone else to pray for you. Ben and I will be eating shawarma and we'll just stretch our hands towards you. Yeah, we'll be on a boat. We'll, (laughs) We'll send you a prayer cloth from the boat. Jesus is there. Listen, restoring the broken heart, the shameful heart of Peter. And he says in verse, it says in verse 15, so when they had eaten breakfast, by the way, who cooked that breakfast? If Jesus is humble enough to cook breakfast, we're humble enough to pick up chairs. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? Sometimes God's healing needs to go deep enough to get to your pain. You know all things. You know that I love you, Jesus said to him. Feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. This he spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this he said to him, follow me. Again Jesus makes the issue love. Love. Before he talks about Peter's ministry in his restoration process he wants to get to the nucleus of it all. The source of freedom loving Jesus. And once Peter says, I do love you, now Jesus says, let me tell you what that looks like. It looks like this. One day you will die on a cross. And Peter did die on a cross. And he chose to be crucified upside down because he felt like regular crucifixion was too holy and too glorious since Jesus died that way. I wonder if love today looks like what love looks like in the heart of Jesus. Loving Jesus looks like everything. To Jesus, now I know this is intense, but to Jesus, loving him looks like being willing to die for him. And by the way, we don't die. The heathen dies. We just leave this tent. You can't kill a saint. He's already been killed on the tree by faith. He's been filled with God himself. That's why the scripture says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's why when Jesus went to raise the little girl, he said, she sleeps. What does Paul say to the church in 1 Thessalonians? Those who have fallen asleep will precede us. God sees things a little differently than the world does. They see it as death. God sees it as a nap. Hallelujah. We don't die. We close our eyes and we're truly delivered into the arms of an everlasting Father. The issue is love. John 3:22 through 29. Now we're going to get in there. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing in Enon near Salem, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized, for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about Purification or the washing with water. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man, oh, this is a great lesson to learn. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. That kills manipulation, it kills self-promotion, it kills jealousy, it kills you handing out your business card to go preach the next event, or you posting and faking the comments so that somebody would like you enough to have you back. This kills all this stuff. When you realize, when you realize only God can promote you, when you realize promotion cometh from above, you're truly set free. You can't receive anything unless it comes from heaven. You yourself bear witness of this, that I said, listen, John is speaking now. I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. Oh, listen to this. He who has the bride, listen carefully, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. Listen carefully. One of the ways to know that he was Messiah and King was very simple. Is he the bridegroom? If he is not the groom, he cannot be the Christ. This is what John is saying here. I'm not the Christ. The Christ is the one who has the bride. Listen to what John says here. He says, the friend of the bridegroom, that being John, rejoices to hear the voice of the bridegroom. (laughs) This is so powerful. You're going to slap the person next to you. I'm telling you, it's it's too much. It's crazy. I mean, it is... Oh. I got 11 minutes. I guess cuz we really got to get to something. Stops laughing Sandy. All right. <laughs> Jeremiah 33. You don't mind the Bible, do you? Yeah. Jeremiah 33:10 verse 16. Verse I'm sorry. Jeremiah 33, verses 10 through 16. Thus says the Lord, again there shall be heard in this place of which you say, it is desolate, without man and without beast, in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, that are desolate, without man and without inhabitant and without beast, the voice of joy and the voice of joy of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, maybe you're wondering who's, who they're talking about here, the vo- who Jeremiah is talking about, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever, and of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, that's us, for I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first says the Lord, Thus says the Lord of hosts, In this place which is desolate, without man, without beast, and in all its cities, there shall again be a dwelling place of shepherds, causing their flocks to lie down, that sounds a little like Psalm 23. In the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the lowland, in the cities of the south, in the land of Benjamin, in the places around Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, the flocks shall again pass under the hands of him who counts them, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing, say that good thing, which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah, it will. Who is Jeremiah talking about? In those days, and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David, a branch of righteousness. Jesus. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which she will be called, the Lord our righteousness. When John the Baptist said, the bridegroom, the best man, me, I rejoice at the voice of the bridegroom. He was quoting Jeremiah 33. He's saying, this bridegroom right here, I'm rejoicing because I heard his voice. Do you know who he is? He's the Lord our righteousness. He's telling Israel that their maker is their husband. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, just listen to me. You don't have to turn here. This is Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives. Well, let me back up so I don't make it, so I don't cause a, an argument with you guys. Let's do both. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. You know, I don't know why people have, a, have a, such an issue when you can see what this actually means. It's so beautiful. For the husband is the head of the wife. As also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. In case some of you husbands, as I'm reading, are getting shot through with testosterone right now, let me tell you what, what you are to do. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives. What's that love look like? Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, gave himself for her, gave himself for her. This is marriage talk. See, see, the death of Jesus is marital. It's love talk. And gave himself for her that he, listen, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church or a spotless bride without wrinkle. Again, this is marriage talk. Later on in chapter 5, it says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. We leave all for Jesus. Jesus left all of heaven for us. Then he says, This is a great mystery. I speak concerning Christ and the church. So here Paul is taking marriage and saying this, Jesus is married to the church. Jesus is our husband. We have to get this. May the Holy Spirit run us through with the revelation that Jesus is our heavenly husband. And here the cross is compared to the love of a bridegroom unto death. Gosh, this is amazing. You know, in Matthew, in Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 20, it said, The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were fasting. Then they came and said to him, Why do the disciples of John and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, this is Mark 2, 18 through 20, Can the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Now, I've heard people say, I don't have to fast because Jesus hasn't been taken from me. I've heard a lot of preachers say that. The reason I don't fast is because of Mark chapter 2. He said that the day will come where Jesus is taken away, and since he's never been taken away from me, he lives in my heart, I don't have to fast. I'm like, bro, let let me help you out. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, Yes, he's in your heart. He's in your heart by the Spirit, absolutely. But Jesus has ascended. Why do we fast? Are you ready? Because we're in love. Wait, wait, let me help you. I'm, now I'm getting all wild. Listen. Let me throw this thing out of here. We fast because we yearn for him. Let me say it another way. We fast because this mortality, this body, is longing to put on immortality. And the reason we long to put on immortality and receive a glorified body is because our husband has one. (laughs) The bride, Paul, as a leader in the bride... He's saying, I long for this mortal body to put on an immortal body. This is love talk. In a way, we fast because we're pulling on him. It's Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. It's a passion to disconnect from the world and enter into a life in the spirit. No, you eat too much your tent grows. You extend the tent pegs. Literally. You just want to grow in your capacity. I get it. Just boom, okay. So there's this connection. Listen, there's this connection between the food we eat and the mortality, the body, the flesh. And so fasting is the lifestyle of those who miss him. Yes, they have him, but they want more. It's that Maranatha cry. It's love talk. And Jesus said the day will come where they'll fast. So fasting is just, it's about more than you launching your ministry. It's about more than all this stuff. Fast because you're in love. Literally fast because you want to be more aware of his presence. Our team is on a fast right now. Day one. I sat in my prayer room. I got in there. It was instantly I was aware of the Lord. I was smiling. I was almost laughing in there. It was so delightful. The Lord just needed a little window to get in. Just a little window. Hosea chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. Listen to this language. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt and it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer my master for I will take from her, listen, I will take from her mouth the names of Baals and they shall be remembered by their name no more. Love, listen, love incinerates idols. Now, now now, listen, I want you to begin seeing John the Baptist's ministry a little differently. Yes, the forerunner. Yes, the prophet. But in a way, a best man introducing Israel to their bridegroom. Now I want you to couple that with John's message. A message of repentance. Listen carefully. A bridal message is by nature a repentance message. It has to be. You're not hearing me. I'm about to throw a guitar into that section. (laughs) A repentance message is the message to the bride. It will forever be. It's what Jesus said to the loveless church. Return to your first love. Return to the first works. Why? Because the bride must be prepared for her wedding day. A wedding is coming. A real wedding. The wedding will be consummated at the marriage supper of the Lamb. It will really happen. Just like God ate with the elders of Israel, as Israel's husband on Mount Sinai, the Father, listen, will give the church away as a gift and we will dine at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and forever we shall be with our husband. Listen, listen, yes. The, the, uh, the message to the church is Jesus, the message to the world is Jesus. I don't know where we came up with all these systems and like, well, I'm a pastor now, maybe I should stop preaching Jesus. No! The church needs the gospel, and the lost need the gospel. Jesus is the Father's only sermon. So whether it's to the lost, tell them about Jesus. You'll never bore a true Jesus lover by telling them about Jesus. I promise you. If if Jesus bores us, it's not His fault. There's nothing boring about Jesus whose, listen, whose eyes are flames of fire. Nothing boring about that. There's nothing boring about being fully God and fully man at the same time. Nothing. There's nothing boring about wearing eternal scars in glory and every saint and angel will eternally meditate on the one who is fully God and fully man. We will never stop staring at him because there's nothing boring about him. Never, never, never. So I'm shocked when people go, bro, you ever gonna stop preaching Jesus? Okay, and what would you like me to replace him with? 12 steps to interpret something? No, I'm not gonna do that. Loving Jesus is life's greatest achievement. You can pack Jesus 20, 21, Jesus 22, Jesus 23. You can pack every field between here and Tampa. You can pack all of I-4 and billions could get saved and healed. But if I don't love Jesus, I have missed the mark. Because he raised the dead with Judas. That one didn't like that one. First you clapped, I said that, you didn't like it. Judas raised the dead. Judas cleansed the leper. Judas healed the sick. Judas even preached the kingdom. God doesn't get people saved through our sermons to endorse us. He endorses His word. (laughs) You, You can't do enough to make up for not loving Him. And so the message to the church is this repentance message in the last days. Why? God is readying the bride. She needs to shine like him. She needs to burn like him. She needs to be set apart like him. She needs to love people like him. She needs to look at sickness like he does. She needs to be as generous as he is. She needs to love the things that he loves and hate the stuff that he hates. She needs to hate iniquity so that she can be filled with the oil of gladness. She needs to be like the one she's married to. And when God is done, when the Holy Spirit is done, and every spot and wrinkle has been removed because, because she has prepared herself, God's not going to read your Bible to you. He's not going to fast for you. He's not going to forgive your neighbor for you. He's not gonna forgive 70 times seven so that you don't have to. He forgave you 70 times seven so that you would do the same. What's he after? Romans eight. Conforming us into the image of his son. But why? Why? A wedding is coming. Oh man. And it's real. It's real. One day, the heavenly bridegroom is going to rip the eastern sky wide open. And he's going to come out of his bride, Feel The Lord so strong. He's going to come out of his bridal chamber. Listen, he's going to come out of his bridal chamber after waiting thousands of years. Not as the mere second Adam, but as the last Adam. He's the last one. There's no one coming after him. And one day he's going to rip that sky open like the veil was torn in the tabernacle. And he's going to come take his bride away. <laughs> oh, man, now you're happy. You're right. It's a lot better than talking about Judas. Hallelujah. And that's what he's doing, stirring our souls. I don't want less fire. I'm not even sure I can handle more, but I want it. I need the fire of the Spirit to just burn Michael away. Burn Michael away. I don't, I don't even want people, I don't want people to even, I don't care, I don't want them to know about me. I want them to know about Jesus. Mm. Jeremiah 2, go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, thus says the Lord. I remember you, the kindness of your youth. Just listen to the Lord speaking to Israel. I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal when you went after me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Jesus, listen, (laughs) the Lord remembers the earliest moments of your salvation. I hope you're hearing me. Gosh, Lord Jesus, let this settle in. Let it just just break us open. He remembers every song you ever sang when you shut the door in your bedroom. He remembers every tear that fell from your eyes to the pages of your Bible. He remembers the crazy stuff you used to do. He remembers you obeying his voice to tell that person at Target about Jesus. He remembers it all. He remembers what, the, what what his presence did to your heart when you first met him. When all you could talk about was him. He remembers. He remembers the hour of the betrothal, the earliest days of the engagement when he began to reveal himself to you. Oh, this is holy. This is holy. Ezekiel sixteen six. Listen, and I passed by you and I saw you struggling in your blood. I said to you in your blood, live. That was us in our sin. Live. Yes, I said to you in your blood, live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field and you grew and you matured and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed. Your hair grew. But you were naked and bare. And when I passed by you again, I looked upon you. Indeed, your time was the time of love. Oh, what a heavenly husband. I said, what a heavenly husband. So I spread my wing over you, his healing presence, and covered your nakedness. Does anybody else remember a day where they did not know Jesus? And had you walked into a meeting like this, you would have felt exposed in the light of God. But Jesus said, I let my grace Cover your nakedness. I clothed you with my glory. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant. This is marital. And you became mine, says the Lord God. I washed you in water. That's the word. Yes, I thoroughly washed off your blood and I anointed you with oil. That's the presence of the Spirit on us. I clothed you in embroidered cloth and gave you sandals of badger skin. Embroidered cloth are ropes of righteousness. Jesus gave us his own righteousness, and he gave us badger skin as shoes. Why? Because badger skin keeps the elements off. It's ugly to the eye, but it keeps the dirt off. It's why it covered the tabernacle. It keeps sin away. I clothed you with fine linen, the innocence of Jesus himself. And I covered you with silk, his own royalty. I adorned you with ornaments, the very gifts of the spirit. I put bracelets on your wrists, the person, presence, and gifts of the spirit. A chain on your neck. And I put a jewel in your nose. That's why we are called love slaves of Jesus. Earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. We are kings and priests of an eternal kingdom thus you were adorned with gold and silver gold is his divinity silver his redemption your clothing was fine linen again the innocence of the lord silk and embroidered cloth you ate pastries of fine flour speaking of the sweetness of his presence and word honey the sweetness of worship oil the presence of the spirit you were exceedingly beautiful and succeeded to royalty. He has made us kings and priests. Your fame went out among the nations. Speaking of the gospel's power today. Because of your beauty. For it was perfect through my splendor. Which I had bestowed on you. Says the Lord God. Do you hear him saying. I, remember when you were naked. And I passed by you. And I didn't stop. I. I didn't keep going, I should say. I stopped and I spread my wings of mercy over you. We are married to the Lord. This is part one of a 390 million part series I'm going to do. On the love of Jesus. He is married to us. Oh, aren't you glad you're not an employee? Aren't you glad you're not a mercenary trying to earn trying to earn. I mean, do you realize you have a husband who is purifying you to be with him? I don't know what that marriage supper is going to be like. Where Christ's presence is the meal and Jesus himself is the host. And the Father, like every father who walks the bride down as a gift to the Son, Because of the cross, Philippians 2, that he died even death, even the death of the cross, and therefore he's earned the name above every name. That father is going to, the father is going to give the bride to his son as his son's eternal reward. He's going to give us away. And when all things are under the feet of Jesus as he ruled and reigns and has conquered death. Jesus, 1 Corinthians tells us, will give us and everything, the entire kingdom, back to the Father so that God can be all in all. You talk about humility. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus, our heavenly husband. Oh, Jesus. Now you understand why John said, I must decrease so that he might increase. What is he saying? It's not my wedding. When the best man stands at the side, when the vows begin, the best man takes a step away. It's his desire to pull away. Before the groom and the bride get there, the best man stands at attention. He's just about centerpiece. But when the bride and the groom come, when the groom shows up, when the bridegroom shows up, his best man backs off, and his heart says, I must decrease, that he might increase. This is the bridegroom. Hallelujah. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at jesusimage.tv. Or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box, 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.